challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Great to have you with me here at the Great Man Podcast. Let's dive in. Before I get into my topic for this episode, I want to make sure of a couple of things. First of all, make sure you're getting the Great Man Digest. Go to greatman.tv and you can subscribe to this completely free weekly digest that has all kinds of great stuff in it. It's very brief to encourage righteous manhood in you. We will not sell your information. We will not give it away. Uh, You can be sure of that. You want to be getting this and you want to make sure that the men around you are also getting it. Also, I want to make sure that you are having opportunity to support this great man movement as COVID and Omicron recede. We're going to be doing some amazing things. We want your help. Go again to greatman.tv. Go to the upper right-hand corner. You'll see a button that says support great man. I want you to give. It's completely tax-free giving. We're a 501c3 and you will be able to give. And of course, write this off in your taxes. And so support us, help us. We're going to do some important things. We're going to get a lot of books and materials into Latin America. We're going to host what we think is going to be the best men's leaders conference, probably in Nashville, Tennessee, if not Washington, DC. Uh, We're just going to do all kinds of things. And we're going to do it a lot more rapidly once COVID and government restrictions get out of the way. So give us a war chest, give us a battle chest, give us some some material with which we can go to war uh, in this battle for our generation when it comes to masculinity and manhood. Thanks for joining us. I want to talk to you now about something that is absolutely vital in the life of a man, and that is the matter of his self-confidence and the navigational signals by which he runs his life, as opposed to a grinding and disabling insecurity. Now, let me just tell you a little bit of my story, not that I'm the most important person on the planet, but I think my story is illustrative of some things that might be true in your life. I had good parents. I had a good upbringing. Uh, Probably the biggest negative about my upbringing was that I grew up in a military world. And as a result of growing up in a military world and having the specific parents that I did, um, there was a lot of preoccupation with what other people thought. Uh, I wasn't encouraged just to mow the yard because dad said so. Although, trust me, I did exactly what dad told me to do. But also, if I delayed for a day or two, my mother made sure that I knew that there were people watching. The general might be watching, command might be watching, other other officers might be watching. The yard needed to be done because, you know, yes, it's a yard and it has to be cut and your father told you to and this is your obligation as a son, but also there are people in the army watching. You play sports and it reflects on, you know, truth and the American way. You know, Germans are watching. Of course, we were assigned in, in Berlin and Schweinfurt in Germany. Um, it's a, you, you look, you, son, you've got your shirt untucked. You've got a spot on your shirt. Your pants are torn. Your, your Adidas are, are, are dirty. You're just not reflecting well on your father. You understand what I'm saying. Nobody was just nuts. Uh, nobody was just disablingly 
uh, preoccupied with other people's opinions, but it was thrown at me all the time. So I grew up in a world of uh, military and a, and a father who's a good man, but a rather harsh commander type at home. Um, I grew up in a world of coaches and teachers and, a, and rather small military communities abroad. And you were constantly scrutinized. You were constantly told that what you did reflected. I'm 13 years old. And I remember very specifically a teacher telling me that my conduct walking to school reflected on America and, you know, somehow shaped German attitudes towards the United States. Good Lord, that's a whole lot to lay on a 13-year-old who's kicking a can down the road of, you know, Clay Allestrasse in Berlin. So all of that to say that, uh, you know, I developed, and this is, this is my own fault, my own turn of soul. I'm not blaming anybody, but I developed uh, almost deforming insecurity, a preoccupation with what other people thought of me. What did the coach think? What did the teacher think? What did the general think? Did I somehow dishonor my father? Are the Germans thinking a certain thing? And then when we were at, at posts in the States, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I? And of course, when it came to girls, I was just almost immobilized with insecurity about what they thought of me. And then what did the other guys on the team think? And why is everybody cooler and more together and more confident? And all of that kind of agonizing insecurity. Well, the good news about all of that background, it didn't make me just some kind of weirdo, but the good news about it is that as I got older and as I became a Christian and as I grew up, I began to think about the insecurities that had dang near paralyzed me. Um, they both made me too proud when I did something good and they made me insecure, uh, much of the time. In fact, you know, they often ask stars when they're being interviewed on television, what do you wish you could tell your 15-year-old self, your 12-year-old self, your 10-year-old self? And I would have gone back and talked to young Stephen Mansfield about not being absolutely immobilized and debilitated by insecurities. You know, I should have run for office in high school. I should have tried out for that group that made the trip to um, Washington, D.C. Uh, I should have gone after that scholarship. I should have considered uh, a master's degree at a different school. Um, I should have tried for the higher thing. I should have tried for the White House internship. I should have tried for, for things that I was just too debilitated with insecurity um, in those particular issues to try to strike out for. So as I got older, I began to ask myself, you know, what produced this and how do you overcome it? And particularly when I began to consider the lives of men and how I could help the lives of men, but first of all, become a decent man myself, I began to realize that a man has got to navigate his life by certain signals. We, we all know that planes, trains, automobiles, all of it, uh, you know, space capsules, everything these days, uh, it, it navigates according to certain signals from certain sources, satellites or whatever, you know, headquarters, you know, the tower at the airport, whatever. Um, and so there, that, there's just as that's true for a plane or a spaceship or a ship at sea, uh, it's also true for a man. What are the signals you ought to be listening to? Because you can't go through life preoccupied with what everybody else thinks of you. That's immobilizing. You can't please everyone. You, you can't be at peace about everyone's opinion. I don't know if most people who have met me like me. And by the way, I shouldn't be preoccupied with it. But I was 
in my early life. And it doesn't take but a few harsh people, a few critical harsh people who turn you towards preoccupation with the opinions of others to create that dynamic in your soul. That's not necessarily anybody's fault. Usually the people, especially in my life, who were, you know, making me aware of others' opinions and and perhaps correcting me, they were they were trying to make me better in the only way they knew how. It just happened to be in a military style. But as I got older, I began to think about what signals ought a man be paying attention to. And so here's my thinking. A man, as he gets older, uh, as he grows in the world, should, in an ideal situation, be getting his primary signals about who he is and what he ought to be, about approval systems from his faith. It's your faith that gives you your sense of design. It's your faith that gives you your sense of how to please God. It's your faith, uh, your, your religious system, I'll call it, for lack of a better term. It's your, your, your religion, what you believe, what your, all your belief about the supernatural and the invisible. In my case, it's a biblical faith. Um, it's that that gives you your connection to God and also teaches you about your design, the way you're made, what you're made for. This is what most men in our generation have not been taught. Why why are you a man? What's the purpose of a man? And what are the unique strengths and gifts of a man that he ought to be using for the good of others? All of that comes from your faith. But your faith also gives you a code. A faith also gives you a behavioral code. And I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. That's not some special form of legalism. Uh, I like the idea of a code. I like the idea that uh, I've investigated military uh, codes and codes of honor and things like that in the Middle Ages and what have you. I like that behavior and requirements are distilled down into a simple form and lived out as a code. And so you get your code. You, you, you understand that your strength is meant to be used to protect the weak. You understand that you're not meant to oppress people, that you're not giving physical strength to harm people. You understand that you may be bigger and stronger than most women, but your, your role in the world is to protect them and ennoble them and not to dominate them and abuse them and take from them in a variety of ways. You understand what I'm saying? You start to learn about the power of your words. You start to learn about what you ought to be doing. You ought to learn. You start to learn uh, about the cancer of pornography or the cancer of illicit sex or the cancer of, uh, of certain things you might be doing and certain ways you might be behaving. And a code helps you with that. So the main signal for your life, the one you ought to internalize rather than constantly being preoccupied with all these external people and personalities that, that, that exert a magnetic pull on your soul, often not in healthy ways, is an internalizing of your faith. And then you begin to have confidence. Then you begin to know on the inside who you're meant to be. Then you begin to know on the inside what you're designed for. The second uh, system, the second signals you ought to be navigating by are, are those near to you. And this is usually ideally family, uh, but it can also extend to your band of brothers as you get older, is those who are reflecting those same values of faith, those same internal values, that those values of faith that you've internalized and are helping you, that are holding up a mirror to you, that are coaching you, uh, that are teaching you, that are training you, that are keeping an eye on you, that are helping you. All the things we've talked about for so many years about what a band of brothers ought to be doing. So in other words, I want to please my coach when I'm playing high school football, but I'm not going to live in a debilitating insecurity about what he thinks of me in every way. 
I, I might want to get that blonde-haired girl in the homeroom, but, I, but I'm not going to lose my soul, lose my mind, feel insecure if she rejects me, feel like I'm worthless in the world if my, my science teacher doesn't like me or if, if the neighbor next door thinks I'm an idiot or even if my father's temporarily angry with me. You follow what I'm saying. It doesn't. If, if I'm walking according to the right signals— I want to consider the input of other people. I want to think about maybe why it doesn't go well, who knows, with girls or friends or teachers or what have you when I'm that age. But I, but if I have an internal sense of faith and sense of connection to God, and I have people near me who are helping me walk that out as a code, a behavioral code uh, where I, where, that helps me live as a noble man, well, then I'm not just uh, destroyed if there's any form of rejection. I'm not just preoccupied with all these external signals trying to please everybody on the planet. You know, for those of you who are Bible readers and Christians, Galatians 1.10 says, I can't please Jesus if I'm preoccupied with pleasing everybody else. That's one translation. It's got a variety of them. But I can't be a servant of Christ if I'm serving everybody else's opinions. Well, that's also true, and I don't mean to you know, steal Scripture and make it for my purposes, but it's just as true to say I can't be a good man and serve the code of manly honor if I'm trying to serve everybody else's opinion. I mean, there are people in this world who are traumatized by by trying to serve the latest opinions on Twitter, trying to serve the latest opinions from whatever, you know, Oprah has to say. I'm not putting her down. I'm just saying, you know, whatever Adele comes up with or whatever, who knows what. You can't live that way. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make you insecure. You're going to be radiating insecurity. People are going to sense that even if they can't express it or don't express it to you. You've got to find an internal system of navigation because your goal is to be a confident, and here's the phrase I like to use, self-possessed. Now, that doesn't mean that you're completely under your own control and you're living as an island in the world. You know, I believe the opposite. But self-possessed means that you are, as they used to say, possessing your soul, controlling yourself, living in self-control according to a code with the aid of those who love you and care about you being a good and a noble man. And so now I'm no longer the insecure 17-year-old trying to live according to a hundred different opinions and nervous that even the way I walk to school in Germany is going to somehow damage the cause of democracy in the world. Instead, I've got a code. I walk with God. I walk according to biblical truth as best I can. I repent when I fail. I've got good men around me holding up truth to me, helping me, coaching me, showing me in my life what I don't see myself. I do the same for them. And pretty much, certainly not bragging here, I think you know me well enough to know that I, that's not what I'm doing, but I walk pretty much confidently in the world. Why? Because I think I'm perfect? No, I'm the furthest thing from perfect. Because I think I'm the ideal anything, husband, father, athlete, whatever. No, of course not. I don't think I'm the ideal anything. But I'm not debilitated by constantly consulting a bunch of navigational signals that aren't mine. They aren't, I'm not meant to sail by that. I care what my neighbor thinks about whether I'm being a good neighbor. I want to be a good neighbor. I'm not losing sleep at night. I'm making this up completely. Um, If my neighbor doesn't like me very much, uh, it's fine. There are going to be people. This is hard for some of us to hear. There will be people who don't like you. 
There will be people who don't like you because of your nationality, because of your skin color, because of your gender, because of your size. I'm, uh, as I've said many times on this podcast, for those of you who haven't been with me, I'm about 6'4". I'm bigger than the average bear. I just intimidate some people by walking in the room. I could be the nicest guy on the planet. There'd still be people who wouldn't like me. There'd be people that wouldn't like me because I'm a Christian. There would be people who wouldn't like me because who knows what. And then there are people who are going to like me, and they're going to try to tell me what I should do with my life. And I should love them, but I shouldn't take their opinion too seriously. And then there are those I look to specifically. There are certain people in my life, and you've heard some of them talk speak on this podcast. They come to me and say, we're concerned about this, or i, I, I got to tell you, keep my eye on you, I'm wondering about that, or <clears throat> saw some harshness between you and Bev the other day when I saw you at Home Depot, and want to make sure you guys are okay, or whatever, and I'm making all this up, by the way. Um, I absolutely listen, because there are a few people I trust completely. I trust completely. So that is what it means to choose the signals by which you navigate your life, the human signals, the values signals by which you navigate your life. And saying that another way, this is the key to being a confident, secure person. Being confident and secure doesn't mean you're not open to people's input. It means that you've chosen who you're going to get input from. And you're not tormented by a variety of, by a hundred people having opinions, having light opinions. People aren't even invested in your life. So as I said earlier, I walk through life fairly confident, fairly calm, fairly peaceful. Doesn't mean I don't have to change. Doesn't mean I might not be screwing up, but I got people who help me with that. I've got a code that helps me know how to align my life. I've got a God I cry out to and repent before and, and whose power I ask. And I listen to my wife. And I listen to my band of brothers and I listen to some wise teachers out there who, you know, for all I know, don't even know I exist. And those are the signals by which I navigate most specifically what I understand of God's will from scripture. And that makes me a confident man. An insecure man, a man who's driven by the opinions of people who aren't invested in him is going to be driven to his destruction. He's going to do whatever he thinks is cool. He's going to follow the trends. He's going to try to please people who have, who just many of them are unpleasable. And as a result, he's going to live a light life, a mile wide, an inch deep, and constantly changing, never at peace, never calm, never secure, never laying his head on his pillow at the end of the day saying, I've, I've done the best I know to do as a man. I'll do better tomorrow. Thank God. That's calm. That's peace. That's success. And by the way, I want to say, not that we don't want to make this a performance, but if you are an insecure man, it radiates. If you are the servant of the opinions of others to a destructive degree, it radiates. People know that you're insecure. They feel your lightweightness. They feel um, your over almost manic eager to please, eagerness to please everybody, and you never will. I love people in my life whose opinions I take as perhaps a bit of wisdom, but I do not submit myself to them. I love my father who's passed on from this life, but I don't take every opinion he had had of me as being absolutely true. I listen to a few people. I walk according to the wisdom I get from the ancients, both in my family and uh, in the world. But I internalize my faith and draw from my immediate band of brothers and family, and I walk confidently. Now, let me ask you about you, because it's not about me. I'm just using myself as a safe example in this podcast. Take stock of your internal security system, so to speak. How are you 
being preoccupied with the opinions of men? How have past wounds perhaps not perhaps knocked you off balance? How have harsh things said to you by everything from who knows, coaches, parents, girls, in some way left you off balance and left you seeking approval that you probably will never get? Because there's only so much approval available in this world. You've got to have the applause of heaven. Uh, you've got to, as Eric Little said in the great movie, Chariots of Fire, he said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. I want you to feel God's pleasure. I want you to feel at peace. I want you to feel confident and still be open to change as you run your life. That's the goal. But take stock. Get help. Be the confident man you're called to be because this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 